Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Final half hour here with Brendan Escott in the host chair. Bob with the team traveling to Seattle today. It's the Oilers and Kraken tomorrow night on 6.30 chat. 8 p.m. puck drop. Reed Wilkins with an extended face-off show starting at 6. Japanese Village for 50 years has been Edmonton's destination for a celebration of the senses. Reserved today at jvedmonton.ca. And I'll remind you as well, the boys at Brent Ridge Ford have an important message. If you're thinking of upgrading your vehicle this holiday season, just a couple days left here, you better hurry. Interest rates have been going up, but Ford... Holding these rates as low as 1.49% on new 2022 F-150s, as low as 4.49% on select used vehicles. The subsidize rates likely to expire at the end of the year, though. So if you're considering a change, pick up the phone, call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the team at Brent Ridge Ford. 780-352-6048. Your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. All right, we'll get to your prospect report, injury report as well in a little bit here, but not before we chat with our NHL insider, John Shannon, for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need. Get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Happy holidays, John. How's it going today? Good, Brendan. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you very much. Uh, so, Oilers coming back from that uh, mini break, and Louie put me onto that uh, that idea that, is this a long enough break for the NHL players? Three days? I know it, it, it's been something that, you know, has been debated for a while, and Louie, of course, being a, a former player, is going to feel a, a certain type of way about it, but what do you think? It's, it doesn't seem like a very long amount of time to get a lot of family time in. Uh, that's what the summer's for. <laughs> I, th- I think that's Louis speaking. I think that's Louis speaking as a dad. More getting Jake on that plane back to Edmonton for a couple of days. I think that's what that is. <laughs> Humorous. Okay. Well, nevertheless, Edmonton comes out and they actually, you know, it wasn't a sparkling performance. I think I heard Rick Ball earlier this season say, "Not everything can be a Picasso. Sometimes it's got to be okay with dogs playing poker." And I, I think that there, it might have been a bit of dogs playing poker in terms of the beauty of what Edmonton did against Calgary, but the points count the same, and it seems based on how the Pacific Division, John, is breaking down with very little separation right now. Those points mattered a lot on uh, on Tuesday against Calgary. Well, it, it, you know, it, it's fascinating. Even watching last night the Calgary-Seattle game, 
uh, and thinking uh, people within the Oilers organization watching that game and just praying that it doesn't go to overtime because what you don't want to do is when the opposition in your division are playing is is get into three-point games where everybody gets something so to have the flames win and then edmonton goes into seattle tomorrow night with a chance to take two points from the kraken uh is probably the best thing in this scenario but make no mistake about it the pacific may not be the greatest hockey but it might be the most competitive right now when you think about uh above and beyond vegas but you look at the kings aren't that far away calgary's only a point ahead Call, uh, Seattle, and then Vancouver is only five points behind. It is one of those things that is going to be. It is going to be crazy, I think, in this second half of the season, particularly when the Oilers do have the opportunity to feast on San Jose and Anaheim as far as games go, and, and they better take advantage of those games, unlike the, what they did against Anaheim that Saturday afternoon a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a couple opponents here coming up that you can't afford to have a night off against Winnipeg. Colorado, I would say the Islanders could even be put in that same category. And you get a couple of games here to make up some ground against Seattle, starting tomorrow and then again uh, after Winnipeg. So uh, it's the time to start making hay, I guess. Well, the sun is shining. It's it's now, John, and, and I think that's true of the team, and it might even be true of the general manager uh, when things start to thaw out here in the new year. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, Winnipeg's an interesting story. They have seven regulars out of the lineup right now. Uh, and, and not that there's panic in Winnipeg, uh, but they have played so well this season so far for Rick Bonus. Uh, to think about Saturday night's game uh, in Edmonton, that is so important for both teams. Uh, but really, the the Jets at this point are ripe for the picking when it comes to to what's going on. When you, when you consider no Ehlers, no Wheeler, no Appleton, no Schmidt at this point, uh, it's uh, it's going to be a tough road to hold for uh, for the Jets, particularly if they want to stay in playoff contention. Chatting with our NHL insider John Shannon, uh, big theme of yesterday was the Mackenzie Weger taking McDavid's legs out. Sort of a muted response from Edmonton, and that, as we know, has been a a big theme. Let's let's just let the number one ranked power play in the league go to work. But at the same time, I, I would like to get your thoughts on because it's been a continued conversation, and and obviously that means things keep happening to the star players here. Uh, what did you see? Anything malicious? It obviously, wasn't egregious by Mackenzie Weger, but still, were you expecting? I guess John, uh, more of a reaction than came from Edmonton. Um. It's funny, you know, uh, Uyghurs three games into his battle of Alberta career, uh, so that's one thing to consider. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's a a mean bone in McKenzie's body, so you're right. I don't think there was anything of malice when it came to hitting McDavid. Uh, And and when you say you expect a response, the question becomes from whom? You know, I'm not sure I can remember who was on the ice at the time, but this team's not built for that right now. Um, and, and I'm not sure it's ever going to be built for that, uh, Brendan. You know, and our pal Bob, you know, is always, you know, asking for a little more toughness, and that's a fair comment. Um, that, that toughness comes from one of the most prolific players on the team, and that's Evander Kane when he's healthy. 
So it, it, the the game the game's changed. This generation of players doesn't do the eye for an eye mentality as much as older players do, and and older teams do, and and fans of a, a, a of a vintage do. So I'm the answer is did I expect something? Perhaps, but then I have to ask myself, well, who's it supposed to come from? I mean, you know, the 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 biggest, strongest, toughest guys on this team don't necessarily play the game that way, and so that's something. And I'm not I'm not sure that they want to prescribe their team this way either. You know, do they do they want to just beat them with with the power play and let, and let the chips fall where they may, or is the art of intimidation changing? The point that Louie made was not only did they win the series in Calgary, they also win the game a couple nights ago via skill, not toughness. So I don't know how much you want to rely on your goaltending when it comes to playoff time. Stuart Skinner's stopped 112 of 117 Calgary Flames shots in his career. Like He's he's kind of got their number as well. Uh, but I wonder how much you can invest in that in the long term. In the short term, Stuart Skinner has been absolutely phenomenal for this team with another 40-plus save uh, save performance yeah. although I, what I would say is that um, Calgary's offensive performance Daryl Sutter said they he believes they had 25 quality scoring chances against Edmonton the other night um, you know that's their own uh, analytics going to it that sounds awfully high but the flames were just throwing everything at the net and they weren't being they they weren't discriminating at any point. If they had something inside the blue line, you know it was going towards the net to take either for a deflection or for a seeing eye puck. Uh, so from that perspective, Skinner did a a, a marvelous job. I, I guess my point is of the forty six or forty seven saves that he made the other night. Um, you know those numbers are they, they, those look like Carolina Hurricane off ice officials the other night, Brendan. Where, <laughs> where, where, no matter what happens, Carolina seemed to get a shot on goal. Calgary did the same thing at home the other night against the Oilers. Hilarious, like the old hit tracker in uh, the New York Islanders. Well, I, I will tell you a story. Don Cherry, when Don Cherry coached the Bruins. Uh, he used to his guys would get up and look at the shot chart on the on the scoreboard, uh, and they'd get mad. And so halfway in one of the intermissions, he he called one of the minor officials down, and this is long before uh, the league got much more centralized. And he says, "You got to do me a favor, give us some shots on goal, you know, because our guys are getting depressed that they're not they think they're not getting any chances. We should never be outshot in our own building." <laughs> I think that exi- I think that existed for about four years in Boston when Grapes was the coach. Yeah, I'm not telling Grapes no, so that makes sense. Uh, hey, this kind of goes back to that question I was asking about the length of the Christmas break, but can you shed some light? Toronto essentially just ate the $100,000 fine in order to get to where they needed to be in, a, in an appropriate, timely manner. Like, there's no way the league thought they were going to travel after midnight on the 27th, right? Well, uh, I think the league did expect them to travel 1201. Uh, this was the players requesting it. You know, the, 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 the Maple Leaf players led by John Tavares had said, you know, we want to get to St. Louis before midnight so that we can have a good night's rest. Remember, it's not only a two-hour flight, but it's an hour time change, too. So, uh, and, and, and it got me to, it, so yes, the, the Leafs, 
in the end, I think that Brendan Shanahan would probably be convinced, you know, it's $100,000 for a victory in St. Louis. Uh, and is it worth $100,000 to get a win and two points and, and try to get closer to the Bruins? And the answer is, when you make as much money as MLSE does, the answer is probably yes. <laughs> so, And then another $25,000 for Sheldon, who apparently didn't enjoy Wes McCauley's officiating that much that game either. So from that perspective, they... I don't think they they expected the fine because this was player initiated. The players wanted to get there in a timely fashion, uh, but the you know the league has strict rules. You're not allowed to fly on or travel or practice or do anything 24, 25, 26, and and they got caught. And and the documentation, as you well know, Brendan, the documentation of of charter air flights is is public. Uh, property. You could go and find out whatever whatever charter leaves at whatever time, and and find the the uh, the path of, of the flight. So, um, the league was monitoring everybody, and uh, one team broke the rules and paid a hundred thousand dollars for it. And, but you know, as I said, they got the win in overtime, and life is good in Toronto. Yeah, one of their most valuable franchise in the league, if I'm not mistaken. And let's look at another one: Alexi Lafreniere, scratched, healthy style tonight for the New York Rangers. We're talking. Talking about a former first overall pick, Lafreniere is struggling to gain traction in the NHL. I think we can agree on that. So is Capo Caco, a former second overall pick. Do you have any insight into to why things in New York haven't necessarily blossomed for their two young players? No, um, though, but if you read, uh, you know, Gerard Gallant has been pretty open about his frustration with Lafreniere uh, for the last two or three days, practicing on the fourth line the last couple of days before making the decision, not even to dress him tonight. Um, you know, the, the other thing to put in perspective is that the guys that drafted Lafreniere and Kako aren't there anymore. You know, that was Jeff Gordon and John Davidson. They were the Rangers' uh, brain trust at that point. Uh, and perhaps there's a different expectation of the way this the team is played. You know, the the hard thing for the Rangers is they they were playing so well before Christmas, and all of a sudden they come back from their break. They're three days off, and they are terrible against the Washington Capitals, losing four one. And so they need to try to kickstart themselves because that Metro Division is pretty tough too. Yeah, absolutely it is. That's, that's the East is as far as like the playoff races and that competition. I know that they like to poo-poo the Pacific Division. That'll be a fun race to watch. But East has some strong competitors, and particularly when you look at Tampa, Boston, Toronto, and that one division. Good grief. Well, and, and last year at this time, Brendan, in the East, last year, you had eight halves and eight have-nots. You, we could have done this show, and I could have told you the eight teams making the playoffs, and those eight teams went on to get 100 points in the Eastern Conference last year. And what happened was the top eight really preyed on the bottom eight. You know, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit. Teams were not very good, and teams lost a lot of games. Uh, you know, and even put Philadelphia and Columbus in that list. Now, when you look at the East, really there's only two teams, not eight. There's only two teams that have put themselves out of it, and that's Columbus and Philadelphia. So it's a much more competitive Eastern Conference, and so every game matters now. And for a team like the Rangers, where there were such high expectations uh, and pressure, 
Chris Drury, first-time general manager. This is the first time he's felt pressure. Uh, and that means Gerard Gallant feels the pressure. Uh, you have to think that there's a, a lot of concern in New York when it comes to the way the Rangers have been so inconsistent. Just to piggyback off of what you're saying, the team's sort of in the bottom of the league right now. Watching Connor Bedard play, I think we all understand just how generational this player uh, is likely to be on the track that he is right now. He is separating himself. <laughs> He's just pretty amazing. And I think that you see Chicago and Anaheim and San Jose and Arizona kind of all acknowledging that out of the West and wondering, maybe this is time to to pull the plug and, and let the bathwater go out. Vancouver is, is well ahead of them. I, I, I still wonder about that in the long term. Um, nobody is tanking in the NHL, but I wonder if there is such an appeal for Connor Bedard that that's why we're seeing a real tough basement in the West right now with some um, not especially competitive teams. Uh, I, I think that uh, I think there are teams salivating over Bedard. I also think there are, are teams salivating over Adam Fantilli too. Uh, you know, he, he's he has uh, he's had quite a year at Michigan, uh, and I think that you know, come draft time, I don't think there'll be a debate who's number one, but I also don't think there'll be a debate who's number two. Uh, so there's going to be a good player going to an NHL team in need uh, at the draft next summer. Um, but you know, you you look at what Chicago's doing, and I don't think Chicago. Um, I mean, they're bad. And they're going to get worse before the season's out, which is amazing. If if Taves and Kane will waive their no-move contracts to go play for other teams, uh, that's not a given. But it's certainly, I think, at a certain point uh, in the next six weeks, we're going to hear a little bit more about those two guys. And uh, and and you know, the draft lottery was put in place to avoid tanking because uh, there's no guarantee that you're going to be. Uh, number one overall, even though you're 32nd in the league. Uh, but it's pretty obvious to me that the, the Flyers, the Blue Jackets, Chicago, Anaheim. Um, I, I was I was going to put Arizona in there, but Arizona seems to be you know sticking around. I, I think that those are the those are the three or four teams that are really uh, looking at Connor Bedard for the future and trying to make sure that they have a chance to get him. And we get another chance to watch him tonight, 4.30 Edmonton time, as he and Canada take on Austria. John, thanks, as always, for jumping aboard today. And again, another day of great questions. I oh, appreciate that. I'll make sure Bob knows. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, so will I. Oh, NHL insider John Shannon for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, no payments, no interest for a year. That is how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Tell you about uh, Royal Pizza. You know, it's pizza, pasta, and so much more. Plus, don't miss the festive special. You receive a $10 bonus coupon with the purchase of a $50 gift card. Royal Pizza's still making it great. This day in Oilers history, prospect report, injury report, all when we come back to wrap up the show. Okay, let's wrap this up rapid fire style. This day at Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. Again, travel to California this April. Watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. We'll go back to 1985. The Oilers allow the game's first goal just 75 seconds in, but... 
respond with four consecutive markers before the period's even over en route to a 5-3 win over the Canucks at Pacific Coliseum. Dave Hunter with two goals for Edmonton. Grant Fuhr getting the win in net. Prospect Report is brought to you Tuesdays and Thursdays by Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace. Reface. Uh, simple as this. Reed Schaefer getting thrust into action in the Chechia game more so than in last night's game for Team Canada uh, at the World Junior Tournament. Schaefer, of course, the 32nd overall pick by the Oilers. 6'4", 220 pounds. Would love to see a little bit more of him. And I wonder whether we'll get the opportunity tonight, 4.30, when Canada and Schaefer and Austria all tangle uh, out in Halifax. So, uh, again, I think Schaefer is, is no more than two years away from factoring in on this team because of what he brings into the bottom six. He can score. And and I think even more so than that, he's a big, big body presence that, as we've discussed all show long, this team probably needs a little boost for right now. And why is that the case? Well, let's look at the James H. Brown Injury Report, brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Philip Broberg, back skating with the team so much so that he was a part of the, um, the festivities last night, the skills competition, but what I want to highlight is Leon Dreisaitl was not. He has not practiced the last couple of days. His status up in the air, I suppose, for tomorrow's game against Seattle uh, as Dreisaitl recovers from an undisclosed injury, though I don't know about you, but it doesn't look to me like he's been right really since that game against Mikey Anderson and, and the LA Kings in the playoffs. So there's where, again, you talk about the need for veteran insulation. Does that kind of hijinks happen? if there's a different brand of player waiting on the bench for the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know. But hopefully it's nothing long-term for Leon. That is about all that came out of today's media availability that I could track down on Twitter. Anyway, listen, happy holidays. Uh, I will not be back until 2023, so enjoy the rest of your new year, or the rest of this year, I guess, and we'll see you in the new year. There we go. Merry Christmas. Hope all was good to you. Hope you enjoyed today's show, and I wish you a safe and happy rest of your holidays. Coming up tonight, Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports from 6 to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, we'll have Elliot Friedman on the show. NHL Hockey on Rogers for Abe's Door Service. Up next, Eileen has the headlines. Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. And then 6.30 Chet Afternoons with guest host Ted Henley. Brendan Escott saying so long from the 6.30 Chet Studios. Thank you.